The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman. Dr. Bill is a TV host, New York Times bestselling author, two-time Guinness World Book record holder, fitness guru, celebrity cosmetic dentist, and philanthropist who founded the Leap Foundation. Here's Dr. Bill. Hey, Dr. Bill here. So I'm super excited to do another great Meet the Mentor with you. Why do we do these? Well, Leap will probably be a little bit live and a lot virtual this year. Uh, It will be July 18th to the 24th. Uh, We're looking for rooms at UCLA. I think if we do a live segment, it will probably only have about 50 students or so. But the virtual is unlimited. So we can have thousands and thousands and thousands of students. And we're talking to these great organizations that will probably feed us thousands and thousands of students. I mean, last year was phenomenal. We had Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. We had Paula Abdul. Uh, We had great community leaders. I mean, it was a really, really fun experience. And we promised to make it awesome again this year. So please, please, please sign up for the virtual program. We'll probably take about 50 students in the live program. And if you sign up for live and decide you want to go virtual, you can switch. So go to www.leapfoundation.com. One of the highlights of Leap is a mentor workshop that we do every Friday. And in this mentor workshop, we bring in amazing mentors, doctors, lawyers, firefighters, actors, actresses, screenwriters. I mean, you name it. And you get an opportunity, and we did this virtually, where you sit with that person and you ask them questions about their career. You know, what were their, what were their challenges? How'd they overcome them? How'd they get started? And on and on and on and on. It's pretty phenomenal. We actually were able to do a really great segment of that in the LEAP program, virtual in 2020, where we put students in small rooms. Every 30 minutes we rotated and it was a great experience. And you know, I mean, look, nobody chose to have this pandemic, but we're doing the best with what we got, right? So without further ado, I am going to introduce you to the other Nicole Simpson. And most of you are too young to even know what I'm talking about oh there, gosh, but <laughs> look in history books. Uh, Nicole Simpson is a highly motivated entrepreneur and accomplished beauty veteran in the aesthetics industry. As founder of Amethyst Beauty, she proves that her innovation in the beauty space with skincare line entirely dedicated to healing and protecting the skin from the environmental toxins and sun stressors. She is a trained esthetician, and then she served on the head of a lot of educational committees, worked for L'Oreal globally before she founded her own brand of Amethyst Beauty. Um, just like the Amethyst Stone is known for healing properties, Amethyst Beauty Skin Care is designed to heal the skin by re- restoring the skin barrier while also arming it with the basic needs to neutralize all the env- environmental free radicals. Additionally, the brand aims to be environmentally conscious and avoids plastics as much as possible. Nicole, thank you for joining us today. So we were connected through 
um, Candice. And Candice has been my publicist for over 10 years. Uh, you've been working with her for a short period of time. Your company is really only two years old now, right? Yeah. Um, you guys have uh, 10 employees. You've got yeah. four products right now and you've got a bunch in the pipeline. And I guess m my burning question to you is, how did you end up at Amethyst. I mean, your background is in what? Biochemistry? Biochemistry. Mm -hmm. it so is. tell so, me how that transition evolved. Wow. So, you know, skincare has always been important to me. I mean, I can remember being five and six years old, you know, going into my mom's shower and grabbing shampoo bottles and reading the labels. And it would drive her absolutely bonkers because I would try to pronounce these words. Mommy, what is this? What does it do? And she's like, get out of here, kid. Like, I don't know what it does. Um, but it was just something I was always passionate about. So when I made my way into university, you know, chemistry became a very natural extension of what I was interested in. I started off in college as pre-med. I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a doctor. I want to be an orthopedic surgeon. This is my career path. And it took not a lot of time to figure out that's not what I wanted. No offense to anybody out there who's pre-med. Um, it just wasn't in my heart. Um, but I knew I didn't want to stray too far from the chemistry side of things. So I studied um, biochemistry. I graduated from school and I got a job working um, for Bausch & Lomb Pharmaceuticals. And I was so excited, right? And like, great, I can use my degree. I can live close to home. I can do all of this. And I got to the lab and I realized that it just wasn't what I thought it would be. You know, I went to school at Florida Institute of Technology where, you know, our science departments were very closely with NASA and, you know, programs were well-funded. And you always had your hand on something cool. So going to that to kind of being a lab rat where you weren't thinking and it, it just wasn't what was on my heart, but I always kept coming back to skincare. I love skincare. I love chemistry. I love the products aspect of it. So I knew which direction I wanted to go, but I was unsure how to get there. And at the time, I didn't really have any mentors around that could help guide me in that direction. So I'll never forget the day I made the best decision of my life. And that was deciding to go to aesthetic school and get my license to become an esthetician. And, you know, Dr. Bill, I remember telling my dad that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be an esthetician. I was so excited. You know, this is the next step for me. Maybe I'll be a cosmetic chemist or, you know, maybe it'll open the door for something else. And he was so mad at me. He was like, you have your degree in biochemistry. You know, why are you going to go put mud packs on people? I'm like, listen, you may not see the vision, but I saw the vision. And I knew that it was that or nothing. And I committed to that and I moved on. So I was working as an esthetician and um, it wasn't long before I started to realize that I had a true passion to educate others. You know, I was taking science and marrying it with skincare products and results on a client. And, you know, people in the area would say, hey, can you come and train our estheticians to do what you do? And um, that was kind of that critical moment where I said, yes, and I'm glad that I did. I wasn't paid for it. I wasn't looking at doing that. It's something that kind of found me in a way, but that moment defined the next 16 or 17 years between then and now, and ultimately drove the path to get to Amethyst. So, so you started off as a biochemist. Mm -hmm. From biochemistry, you went into you know working in these companies, not having any passion at all. Then you thought, forget it. I'm going to become an esthetician. You start practicing as an esthetician and you start to create a really novel niche and see kind of a void in the industry for the kinds of skincare products that you thought 
could really help people. So how did you actually launch a, a company? I mean, you know, one of the things I got this card, I don't know if you know who Sean Astin is. He was in Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah. He was Rudy in the movie Rudy. Um, and we, we've been friends for years and years and years. And he gave me this card once that I love. I keep it and I, I show it in all my lectures. And it says, not only do you have weird ideas, you carry them out. And I think that that's a really, really strong kind of driving force that a lot of entrepreneurs have is like a lot of people have great ideas mm -hmm. and nothing ever happens. Like if I have an idea that I really believe in, I want to see it come to fruition. And I feel like you're the same, right? I am. I am. So here's kind of what happened. So between then and now, um, I fell in love with education. I followed my passion. Thankfully, I did. I went to work for a big French pharmaceutical company as their educator. I covered the entire United States. And that was the first time I got to see the bird's eye view of what the beauty industry looks like from corner to corner, right? So not only did I have this idea always in the back of my head, yeah, I think I probably will have my own skincare line, but I got to see how the market works. And that for a mind like mine and a mind like yours, always wanting to see your ideas come to pass was like eating candy. It was like the most addictive candy ever. So if I had to go work in LA or Seattle or Austin, Texas, I was so excited, not for the plane ticket. I was excited because I knew I got to learn something new that day about this industry that would give me an advantage later. Um, so I did that. And finally, um, I transitioned into L'Oreal where I took a global role. And once I got there, I always tell people L'Oreal is a fantastic company. And, you know, people are like, oh, you have your bachelor's, you're going to get your master's. I feel like I got my master's degree in those walls. Um, you learn basically everything there. And so I managed 37 countries, training and business development. I was always in the sky. People used to ask where I live. I'd be like on a United flight somewhere. I don't know <laughs> what city am I in today? I don't know. Always traveling. Um, but I'll never forget the moment I decided Amethyst was going to come to fruition because people knew my background. It was rare. It was rare to see an esthetician who was trained as a scientist and had passion to kind of marry the two. But I would tell people the world needs another skincare line like it needs a hole in the head. It doesn't need another yeah, skincare line. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That's true. But mm -hmm. come up with something different, something mm -hmm. novel, something better. Some, and the world does need it. It just doesn't know it needs it until you yes. tell it. Exactly. Right? exactly. So, so when you decided to transition from L'Oreal and start Amethyst, kind of Take me through the steps because there are students out there that may want to start up a skincare or a beauty care product line. Like, what do you do first? Like, what was the very first thing you did? You quit well, your job, then what? Well, no, actually, I'll tell you. The very first thing you have to do in anything, and I think Dr. Dorfman, you'd probably agree with me, is you've got to connect to your why. And all those years, I could have left my job and started a skincare line, but I didn't have a why that was strong enough to compel me to actually go step one, step two, step three. So I'll never forget the day I was working in Beijing, China. It was one of those red flag pollution days. Cars were coming off the street. People weren't allowed to go to work. And I'd never experienced anything like that. And I was laying in my hotel room and I had the chills. And my body was sweating. But what I noticed is that my feet were sweating, like profusely just sweating, just all this fluid out of my body. And I realized it, that that was the only thing my body could do to get rid of all the pollution. And so it compelled me to do some research. And I realized that First of all, pollution is not going anywhere. Second of all, um, the beauty industry and the skincare and consumer goods industry 
has a lot to do with contributing to that. Um, and thirdly, the way our skin ages in response to environmental exposure is different than other forms of aging. So that became my why. My why became, I'm going to create something that can help your skin protect against our new environment, which will surely be our future. Just the majority of Americans maybe haven't gone and seen it yet, but it's coming. And how can I do it in such a way that helps reduce our impact on the problem? And that is how Amethyst was born. So my first step is I, I got close enough to my why that every day when I wake up and life is tough and entrepreneurship becomes entrepreneurship and you want to throw in the towel, you always have to have that place to come back to that keeps you going. So that was step one. Step two was figuring out how can we be different and better? So we did that. Um, I formulated several formulas, which we can talk about, that were different that the industry doesn't have. And um, I knew would be different, but we also knew the burden of education would be fierce. So our, our most powerful serum we created is to help with blue light exposure from screens, but not everybody knows why or how screens damage your skin and why you need it, right? So let me back up a second. Like your background in, you know, in aesthetics, being an esthetician, being a, a biochemist, that gave you the basis to create these. But yeah. let's say, you know, we'll, we'll just give that to you. Let's say you, you knew the industry, you knew what it needed, and mm -hmm. you knew what you wanted to create. How did you actually create a company? Like, What's the first thing you did? Did you get a business license? Did you oh, yeah. pick a name? Did, mm -hmm. you know, did you trademark that? Like, I want to know like how you okay. really started your business. I get, I get the part about, you know, you finding a need and you understanding, you know, what goes on with aging and with skincare and like all that. But let's say I'm a student and I'm listening to this and I'm like, okay, Nicole has this really cool business. I want to start a business. How do I start it? Once you have your why, once you have, you know, your idea, like, how do you even know where to get the stuff made? Like, where okay. do you get stuff made? How okay. do you start a company? What are the first steps? I just gave you like 50 questions. Go. I know. Okay. My turn. No, I'm kidding. Um, so basically you have to start, I just incorporated myself and, and that is your first step. You have to figure out, um, you know, do you want to be your own company? Do you want to have partners in your company? Um, I met with lawyers and accountants and I figured out the best corporate structure um, for us, which was an LLC um, because we are taking on founders. Um, and also we will have, or we met with the accountants to figure out the right tax designation because these are things I didn't know. Like I knew how to make a formula. I can train on it, market it, whatever, but like, you know, legally protecting our goal, like we had to get really connected with what our end game is. Our goal is to sell our company. We're going to grow it up over the next five, seven, eight years, and hopefully someone will acquire it. But for that to happen, it has to be set up today properly so that that transaction can go off smoothly. So we sought counsel, whatever it is. And I'm a firm believer in this. And for any of your students listening, if you've got an idea, don't let your lack of knowledge on something critical stop you or slow you down. Like, whatever it is you need, there's someone out there who can advise you. So we sought counsel. We sought counsel. Um, legally, we sought it for tax purposes and we even sought it just for ideas on that core team that we would need to build to get this off the ground. So we started, it was just me and then I hired um, my CMO. She joined me. Um, we did an equity position for her because we didn't, we didn't go after investment funds. We knew that wasn't something we wanted to do today. 
we will need capital as we get ready for acquisitions. And we said, let's get it as far as we can go with the resources we have. So we have partners who are equity partners in the company. Um, from there, we grew to having a head of design. We have a head of operations. But these, again, are positions that were advised to us by people who have been there before um, that we trust along the way. So step one was forming our company. Step two is assigning a tax designation. Step three was building our team. Um, and then from there, it was, my God, there's so much, Dr. Dorfman, you asked me, how do you get a product formulated? So um, from there, it was time to formulate, right? We had all the ideas. So we actually just, you know, I did know the industry, but if anybody out there is interested in beauty and maybe you don't know the industry, your best friend is your formulator. You can look around at cosmetic chemists. Um, there's different ways of compensating them. You can get one that's expensive or not so expensive, or maybe they get a percentage of sales. You kind of have to be creative on what you want to work out. Um, but tell them your dream. Obviously, you'll want to sign confidentiality agreements that protect you because it's your intellectual property. Um, but they can formulate you whatever you want. And usually within two or three revisions, you'll get exactly what you were thinking. Um, and that's how that goes. But it takes time. You know, our and then once not- you get this, obviously, you know, you have to do tests and make sure it's safe and it has to be approved and this and that and the other thing. Now you have this little company you have 10 employees in your company and now you need to sell. Yes. How do you do that? <laughs> this is the year of sales. So for us, again, it was, you know, in beauty in general, it's all about what we call retro planning. So it's looking at our end goal. If we know again that in five to eight years, we want to be an acquisition target. We had to work backwards and say for that to happen each year, we have to hit certain benchmarks, hit certain uh, goals or metrics. So that means we have to have a certain uh, amount of sales. We have to have a certain amount of followers on social media. We have to have a certain positioning, a certain set of retailers behind us. So if by knowing that information, we're able to say, okay, if, for example, Sephora, I'll use Sephora as an example. Um, if we want to be in Sephora, we know that we have to, for example, be able to drive traffic to Sephora. So people actually drive or buy the product off the shelf. So that means we have to build marketing campaigns that support that action. So what we did is we found experts. Um, again, we don't have those retail relationships on our team. So we outsource that. So we have um, a group of people who do have relationships with the retailers that we feel would set us for success. Um, and we provide them with the marketing campaigns, the social media support, all of the things that they would need to help pitch us to these retailers. So where are you actually selling right now? Right now we're selling online. I am not allowed to disclose today. Um, We are in final stage discussions with four major retailers that I think people will see us in by the end of the year um, because we're in the last stages of signing the POs. I can't disclose who they are. Um, So today it is our website, um, but it's expanding rather quickly. But the reason we're able to scale quickly this year is because we've spent the last two doing all of the groundwork that we would need to make these relationships So when you get to the point where you really need to infuse cash into the business, Mm -hmm. um, once you have a pretty solid sales record, it might be kind of fun to do Shark Tank. I've thought about it. I am slightly obsessed with Barbara Corcoran. I think she would be an ideal partner for us. Um, Any of the sharks would be a dream. Um, But the thing you have to remember is Shark Tank is not so sexy, actually. The sexy, everyone always gets so hype about oh, I'm going to go and raise capital and raise money and get investors. But once you have investors on board, you've got a whole other set of bosses who now start to kind of dictate 
what you do and where you're going. And so there is appropriate timing for that. But when you're dealing, and I've raised capital, as you know, I have a consulting company too, and I've raised capital for many brands in the aesthetics and the beauty space. And one of the things that I've learned is that timing is critical, but also the partnership is critical. You've got to, if for every hundred investors you meet, maybe one of them could be the best partner to actually partner with you to use their money wisely to get you from point A to point B. So Shark Tank would be awesome. Well, um, I'll tell you what, what I think is, is really advantageous about Shark Tank. Yeah. One of my friends went on there and it was the best thing he ever did for his business. Um, yeah. The exposure is great. Yeah. Yes. You know, and, you know, having the shark in there helping you is also great. But especially when you are a brand new product. Completely. So whether you do a deal or you don't, it puts you on people's radar. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, it might be a fun thing to, to explore. I would love to. I would definitely love to. I think we're I think within the coming year, you know, sales will increase, exposure will increase, and then it's going to be the right time for that. And I think, again, you know, you have a lot of listeners who are entrepreneurial minded. They, they're they really looking at business and everything is about timing. If we would have gotten investors right. a year ago, we would have fallen on our face because we weren't ready. We had to get the groundwork ready to go. And so it's always better when you've got something that has legs. Like how many times on the Shark Tank? have they told somebody this isn't investable yet you need to go get your sales up or you need to right, work right. something else and so that's the moment that's that key moment when your idea meets the market and the market has uptick and you realize that with this cash infusion you will go to the next level that's the time that something is possible yeah. to show. no you're a hundred percent right i know a company i won't say the name but it was literally on the verge of bankruptcy and then covid hit and it was one of these um, like ortho programs where you don't have to go to the orthodontist. It does kind of like an Invisalign deal for minor tooth movement. Well, when COVID hit and people stopped going to the doctors and they're sitting here on Zoom all day looking at their teeth, at their teeth. Like, huh, you know, I should fix this. And the company exploded. They just sold it for over a billion dollars. Wow. 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 So wow. it's yeah. crazy. It's yeah. crazy, you know, I'm, but you're right. Timing is everything. So I know you have four products right now. You yeah. had one of those things too. I mean, yeah. talk about, you know, blue light and, and your product. I mean, I think that that's really, really exciting. And that happened right before COVID. Right before the, the pandemic. Oh my gosh. Talk about timing. So We've had a serum in the works for, um, it took us 18 months to develop. It was in the works even before like we finished building out the Amethyst team. And um, it's called Blue Light Anti-Aging Screen Protector. And basically it's a serum completely developed to help skin stay healthy with all of the screen exposure. So what a lot of people don't know is that there's blue light emitted constantly from our computers and our phones. And now with everybody being on zoom, you know, skin issues are up. It's not just masking from our mask. People are reporting sensitivities, eczema, rosacea, redness. My skin just looks yucky. What's going on? It's the screens. The screens can poke holes in your skin cells and all the water leaks out. And you have to really um, take care of that. And our serum does exactly that. And so we literally got done formulating it and the pandemic hit. So we're now everybody's on Zoom and becoming aware of blue light. And that is the product that is carrying us to our success this year. So we're very That's excited. That's awesome. Yeah. All yeah. right. So Nicole, what's next for Amethyst? 
So we're going to be scaling um, our retail operations here in the United States. We're also in conversations with major retailers overseas um, in the UK and some of the European countries. So um, you'll see international expansion starting as well. Um, we believe by the end of the year, most people will have seen us or heard of us. And that's a huge deal for a small brand with a small team and small resources. So you'll see that we are launching three new products. Our whole idea is, you know, we're launching products that you can marry into what you're already doing at home. Like gone are the days where people use like all seven products from one brand. We want to give you a product that maybe your other favorites don't offer, but actually do something. So you'll see serums that are biotech driven, um, biologically active things like this that really do make the difference in your skincare regimen. So by the end of the year, three new products, several new retailers and lots of exposure. That's awesome. I, well, I can't wait to try them. I confess to you in our little pre-interview <laughs> session that I don't really do anything. So, yep. you know, it would be fun to try these out. Nicole, okay. thank you so much for your time, for your wisdom. Thank if you. students want to reach you, what's the best way? You can just truthfully follow my Insta at Nicole Knows Skin, or you can send me an email, Nicole at skinbyamethyst.com. I'm always here. I love um, answering questions and mentoring, and we always have need for interns. So anybody interested, I'm, I'm always on board. And if anybody wants to go to your website and actually try your products, what's the website? It is www.skinbyamethyst.com. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Thank Dr. You, Dr. Bill, over and out. Thank you. To learn more about the Leap Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash leapfoundation or on Instagram at leapfoundation. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.